Yeah, we are. We are. We're having fun. We get a rental car today, and it's weird. The place we're in, Waikiki, it sucks. It's just Santa Monica. Oh. <laughs> it sucks. It's like the Galleria. Yeah. Really? We're in the Galleria, basically. Like, our hotel is, like, in the middle, right next door to, like, a huge mall. And it's all the same stores, mm-hmm. like, all, like, you know, Jimmy Choo and Rolex and all that shit. Like, that's where we're at. So, we're not really getting a great Hawaiian experience. But today, right after this, we're going to pick up our rental car. And we already have some places where to go. Oh. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, that'll be, yeah, that'll be fun. Kicker is in the Santa Monica ish area are a lot of Santa Santa Monica ish people. Santa Monicans. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like the tourist area, right? Like, so everybody kind of stays here. Oh, that makes sense. Our first yeah. night out at dinner, somebody was asking someone else, like, "Where are you from?" And the guy was like, "LA, originally Armenia." And the wait times, <laughs> the wait times here are crazy. So we, our first night here, we were getting really cranky because, like I told you, we hadn't we didn't eat since late, like till late, and we hadn't eaten since breakfast. And breakfast our time, so it would have been like oh, twelve geez. hours since we ate. Yeah, yeah. And then we ended up having to go to Tony Roma's. It's not where you want to fucking go when you get to Hawaii. <laughs> That's where the Armenian guy was. Tony Roma's Waikiki. <laughs> Top of the food chain. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a fucking bummer and the food the first night was oh god god awful it was tony romas but it was like the worst tony romas yeah of tony romas's but oh. yesterday last night maria and i had a nice little date night away from our moms and we went out and we had some amazing sushi it was fucking crazy it was really cool. oh yeah. good i'm glad it was really cool. And then we had breakfast. Our breakfast today was really good. Mm-hmm. So it was at a place called Duke's, which is really big in Hawaii. It yeah. Was nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, it's been good. It's, it's ramped up for sure. It's I was camping. Ramping. Oh, my God. It was so hard. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I don't know how people do this regularly. Like, I don't know how this one uh it was mostly like an area where there's it was at the newport dunes so it was an area where it's like oh, mostly wow. families yeah go. and mm-hmm. uh so this one family i heard them talk about how they're going up to like somewhere up near santa barbara like after that so they were doing more traveling and i was like oh i need like i need a year in between <laughs> this right so do i for yeah. hours and oh so it was so difficult and uh <laughs> and star st- god love her stars like trying to make me feel good and like was trying to see how she, you know everything that she could do to make me comfortable oh, and i nice. was yeah it was just really sweet but then it was just so funny because she we're, we lay down and we will we all both forgot pillows so we ended up sleeping, using one of the sleeping bags we're laying down and we're just exhausted because we've been just i was up early i had school earlier so i went straight from the kids to the to to go to uh the campsite and then she got up crazy early to go meet her family and stuff and so they were laying in bed and she just starts going she just starts kind of whimpering and i was like what's wrong and she goes she goes for a second i thought i was back in my bed but i just realized i'm still in a tent 
sleeping on an air mattress. <laughs> like, oh, dude, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Uh, like, oh, I'm so sorry. But yeah, we both fell asleep talking to each other. Like we were, I remember talking to her. And then the next thing I remember is I woke up. <laughs> like, oh, that's good though. That is nice though. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. At least, at least when you're that exhausted, you sleep. That's kind of the thing about camping. I think that's what it does. Is you're exhausted, and that's why you could sleep on the ground. Yes, we slept on an air mattress with like a pad on it, and it still was the hardest thing I've ever slept on. So yeah, I, don't, I can't even imagine sleeping on the ground. I don't know how people like backpack. I don't hmm. understand. Yeah, yeah, I know. Man. I know somebody who just is posting photos of their recent trip where they were like, they just have a sleeping bag and they just sleep on the ground in the in the woods, and I'm like. Phew. I would kill myself. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. There's people that go camping with like the minimalist amount of gear. And I don't know how they do it. Like I saw your picture and it's like, yeah, we have to have like every supply imaginable except for the kitchen sink. Unless you mm -hmm. have a portable sink. <laughs> yeah. And next time we were talking about possibly renting an RV because we were just like, it just, we were like one of the only people in our in the area that even can't, had a tent. They and all had other, RVs. They all had RVs, and I looked one up. There was one that was right across from us that was called like Thor or something, which I was like, "That's killer," but it was like three hundred sixty thousand wow. dollars. Jesus, that's a house. I mean, that's like, and that's just like their vacation, like that's yeah. the is. And I was just like, "Oh man, that's crazy." I get, but a lot of people, like you said, rent them. Yeah. We were thinking about, we found one that was like $90 a day. That's so not like, bad we, at all. Yeah. We spend only three days. So it's like, that's pretty good. That's fantastic. And they come and drop it off at your house. Oh, oh that's nice. Yeah. Then you have to drive it yourself. I wonder if that's, that must be tough. Oh, yeah. I, that's the problem is both of us were like, not it. <laughs> like, well, I don't want to drive it. She doesn't want to drive it. I drove an RV, like, from one part of town to another in New York, and it was hell. It was New York, though. Yeah, but oh my still. God. But it was just like, fuck, dude. This were sucks. You, were you in some kind of fear factor competition? That's what <laughs> <laughs> that would be it for me. It wouldn't be like, stick your hand in this beehive. It'd be like, drive an RV through New York, through Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. God, it was so fucking horrible. It was so goddamn horrible. I remember at the end of it, I was just like, not doing this again. No, yeah, this is yeah. Yeah, that's what sounds hard. Not sure of the brakes. Mm, the brakes. I feel like that is the for, the sign for me that I'm getting older. Is that my fears are no longer like ethereal? They're more like based in reality. Yeah, like it's <laughs> yes. like I was telling you. Like I was telling you, like my fear now for Hawaii is no longer oh I'm going to get eaten by a shark. My fear is now that because of the time change, I'm going to have terrible indigestion. So. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it made it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing, is, yeah, the first night we were, it was like midnight or something. No, it was like it was like it was like a uh, ten or nine, nine or it ten. It was ten here, so it was one at home. Yeah, so we were like, why the fuck are we so tired? Oh wait, it's one a.m. We still haven't fucking eaten yet. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us this is the bloody podcast i'm laurie rogenkamp and i'm joined as always by my amazing co-host who did research on an airplane 
And that just shows you how much I don't want to do research is that she did it. She had to do it on an airplane. And then our resident guest, Cash Abdumalik, who Aloha. Mahalo. next to her. Wait, Mahalo's thank you. Oh, Mahalo's yeah, yeah. thank you? Yeah. I think so. Well, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, whenever, whenever we get something or give something, people say Mahalo. So we're going to assume oh. it means thank you. You sure it's not, that's not it? mahalo a hawaiian hello to you <laughs> so today we're going to go to egypt Ooh. specifically alexandria <laughs> now okay now, it's the side of the dunes call it is arabic yeah I, I i am actually i was born in saudi arabia and uh so it's he's okay. A, he's allowed to do the accents, and he's the only one. So oh, deal with it. All right. I've been to I Alexandria. Was, I was just going to ask, what is an Egypt accent? Because I don't think I, I really know what's an a- accent from Egypt. It kind of differs. It kind of differs. There's a lot of places in Egypt, uh, 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 towns that differ from each other. Luxor is one of them. Aswan's one of them. Uh, Cairo and Alexandria are the main ones. Uh, Alexandria is kind of like, it's the most Americanized out of all of the places in Egypt. All right. Well, that or Europeanish, I'll say. If if we ever get to that part, I'm going to do a, a Wisconsin accent because that's the only <laughs> one I can do very well. Oh, hey, um, hey, guys! It will be Egypt. Oh, Jace. That there is a Sphinx. Welcome to Egypt, everybody. <laughs> Look at them pyramids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Took a long time to build. Made those. by yeah. slaves. Died. A lot of them did. Uh, yeah, sure did. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. So today. Uh, most of our research comes from the book Lady Killers by Tori Telfer, which if there was ever a book that our podcast should be named, it's Lady Killers. It's this, Lady Killers, you know, but we're not changing it from Bloody Podcast and you, our audience, will make us big with Bloody. Bloody Podcast. That's right. Go big with Bloody. It'll and then, be, well, I think our Bloody but. Our bloody pod- name on bloody podcast is like bloody podcast women in true crime or something, right? That's, so, like, that's for the algorithm. Yeah, we should change it to bloody podcast should really be called lady killers, but we're not changing it. <laughs> <laughs> when we named the podcast, we just did it. Well, at first we had a pretty self-explanatory name, I think. Yes. Uh, bloody we Mary. Had, we had a different name and then other too many other podcasts started taking that name. Yeah, so forget it. Yeah, so. Forget. And it was all drink-based podcasts, which I gotta be honest, I was shocked at how many podcasts were created around one beverage. Like, I don't see Arnold Palmer podcasts. I can't say the name. Arnold Palmer We were part of a podcast, shout out to uh, Brian Musil, called Century Club, where you had to take a shot of beer. Every minute. Every minute for 100 minutes. Uh, so I think most podcasts are just born out of drinking. Yeah. Yeah. We know another group who are like huge off their drinking podcast. Oh, yeah, that's the, right. The beer connoisseurs. I don't know what they're called, but they're beer connoisseurs. Oh, yeah. God, like Stephen Lowe, Michael Gabriel, and Alex Kidd. Yeah. Well, we're all, we're born of a weed-based weed based podcast, I would say. Were you high when you thought of this? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wish. 
my girlfriend's <laughs> kind of gotten me more into weed, but no, I, every stupid thing I've ever done in my life, I've been, I've done it stone cold sober. So that should really terrify everyone. This wasn't stupid. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure saying, I was high when you pitched it to me. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've seen you get pitched things high. It's funny. Uh. You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm usually next to you just like, okay. <laughs> i i will say that i have seen her do that and it's really funny because it's like she it's like her reflexes to agree but then it's like she thinks about it for a second and she really agrees so she's like yeah 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 like she's like oh i thought about it that's exactly it i absorbed it and now i'm ending it yeah i'm guessing ending <laughs> okay so back to the story about raya and sakina Raya. Sakina. I have a cousin named Sakina. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. That'll be interesting for this Ooh. story. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, Raya was born around 1875, and her sister, Sakina, was born a decade later. Their family lived in a village in Upper Egypt, and their childhood was not an easy one. They... Immediate, they pretty much early on had full blown adult responsibilities, and they had they had an absent father, oh. and their mother was a narcissist. Just oh. so that's not that's not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was also pretty withholding. Apparently, my cousin's wow. kind of in the same boat. It's gonna get. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what your cousin does for a living or anything, but. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out. Uh, is, this your is this what we're saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also had an older brother, but he couldn't <clears throat> seem to hold down any jobs. So money was always tight, and Ryan and Sakina often had to take on jobs where, wherever they could. They tended, because they were also you know poor, they tended to move around to uh, their villages. And the girls would normally find work selling roasted vegetables or waitressing in cafes as they got older. But eventually, Sakina, the younger daughter, turned to prostitution, sleeping with clients in exchange for food. Food? Yeah. I did that with stand-up comedy for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Where you just, you go perform at a restaurant and then they just give you food and you're like, I mean, all right, I'll take it. You know. It's it's not ma- it's not a bad deal. If you're, like, no. you're gonna eat after anyway. Yeah, I mean, I I ate after anyways, no matter what. But it's just because <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> I just ate more. Yeah. <laughs> dinner one is done. Now dinner two. Yeah, I took my payment. Now I'm gonna get my reward. So. <laughs> I did that. I did that with breakfast today. I was like, because we went to a buffet, and it's been so long. It's been like, oh, you know, a year and a half at least since we've been to a buffet. Oh yeah, quarantine. So I like had my first meal, and then I waited around, waited for like twenty minutes, and then got up and got another. Yeah, that's another plate. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. It's better than it used to be. Used to be five minute waits in between like plates. I feel oh like yeah. I waited five minutes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I just grab a second plate, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna get this for immediately so later, so you yeah. don't have to get up. When you do yeah. it, are you like, this is for someone else? <laughs> <laughs> this is for my mom. 
when I used to go to Sizzler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then they, and then they pass your tail and see you sitting by yourself. You're like, they're in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I would always be like, ugh, my, well, my, no, because my mom would always go and she'd always be like, I'm not going to order anything. And I'd be like, why? And she goes, I just, I'm not a fan of Sizzler, even though she like took us to Sizzler. And why she so, take you to Sizzler? She's a weirdo. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my brother liked the steaks there. So he would get a steak and then we would go. And so I would order food and I'd be like, oh, I'm just grabbing a plate for my mom. <laughs> and then I go, oh, mom, you want, she go, no, I don't want this. I go, ugh, well, I guess I have to eat it now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Made a> <laughs> <laughs> so um she started sakina started um sex worker sex working tootin but then also on the side her mom apparently would sometimes rob people so she would pull off robberies and use the girls as part of the heist so the girls oh. all the both got pretty clever early on i think nice yeah, yeah. eventually sakina Grew tired of living like this, and she found a husband. She got married, but then she got divorced. And then she took a lover and ran away with him. So that was pretty fast. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Then they landed in the city of Tanta. They broke up, the lover and her. Damn. And then Sakina began working as a prostitute again. Uh-huh. By 1913, she was in the hospital with some venereal diseases. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay. And that's... And that, but that I feel like you know, like, well, this was the time where like they all run even more rampant because there's no VD treats treatments yet, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. They, or they just it's like I don't know if it's a religious thing either, but they probably don't believe in it either because I think if you like are wanting to take care of that, then that means that you're acknowledging that you're sexually active so i think yeah i think they didn't i don't think ryan sakina had any particular uh religion yeah that's out the window oh. if you're a tutin not for catholics no there's a lot of catholic prostitutes yeah <laughs> i guess that's true huh they yeah just do it in the butt no, stop. No, stop. <laughs> that's the jewish thing yeah they just yeah. ask forgiveness and then okay um <laughs> Hey, the butt or the mouth? That that's fair game. It's fair, fair game. game. Yeah. So in the hospital, Sakina met her second husband while being treated for VD, Ahmad Ragan. And then after they got married, the two ran off to Alexandria. Ah, the city oh. of dreams. <laughs> Soon after they arrived to Alexandria, Ragan has to leave to join the labor corps for none other than World War One. which for her was actually a good thing because she decided to keep prostituting while he was gone. So his visits home were pretty fucking shitty. His first visit, it said that he found, he found her working as a prostitute. And then on the second that she had already moved in with another guy. Oh, dude. They wanted a divorce. What are you doing? (laughs) Don't bring your work home with you. <laughs> crazy. Five o'clock, check out. So I don't think that this next guy was was the third guy, this third husband, but it says that by nineteen sixteen Sakina was married to a third man named Muhammad Abd Abda'i. 
who worked at a cotton factory, or actually at a number of cotton factories. Cash kind of brought up a something, a good point. You know how like cleaning people are notoriously like they don't really clean at home. I wonder if sex workers are just like terrible in bed when it's a just a regular relationship. They're just like, <laughs> you know what? I do this I, every day. You're getting a hand job, and that's it. <laughs> and not a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna. You're getting a dry hand job over the pants. <laughs> He's like, can you look at me? She's like, no. No. I have to, I have to stare at my clients every day. I'm not I have to stare at my clients. Yes. That's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> look at them with their open eyes. I'm going to look at you. Is that okay? No. <laughs> I'm doing it anyways. Meanwhile, Raya, the older sister, stayed home. She too got married, but her husband died. Shortly after her husband died, she married his brother, Hasab Allah. But that was common practice back then because she is left a widow and she needs somebody to take care of her. So the brother don't really marry, I guess. That's That's fucking... mm -mm. Hasab Allah was no peach. He had a reputation for thievery and and hashish smuggling. (laughs) That's his laugh. (laughs) But Raya was cool with it since she already had, you know, familiarized herself with a life of crime. And the two stayed together and had a daughter. In 1916, Raya and Hasab decided to join Sakina in Alexandria. Alexandria, uh, so a little background uh, on Alexandria. Alexandria is known as the Pearl of the Mediterranean. It's a big port metropolis, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a very beautiful city. But for Ryan Sakina, people who hailed from Upper Egypt, they were known as Sides. Sorry. Sides, yeah. Yeah, they were known as Sides. And Sides were at a big disadvantage. They tended to make less money than Alexandrian natives. They had trouble assimilating because of their darker skin and distinct accents. They were stereotyped as feeble-minded, lustful, hot-tempered, and vengeful people. Like someone else I know? Yeah, someone familiar? What are you trying to say? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That makes more sense. Okay. I'm feeble-minded and hot-tempered. Now, uh, Cash, have you been to... You've been to these places then? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Nice. I think where they're from is close to a swan, and people in a swan generally have darker skin, and uh, it's beautiful, though beautiful no they all sound beautiful oh my god yeah i've always wanted to go i think it would be really cool to see me mm-hmm. too that Where'd area oh yeah yes <laughs> i just wanted to ride a camel to see like the pyramids i don't know if that's an actual it is a thing yeah camels are notoriously like mean? have yeah they have bad attitudes they seem like it i would too if i had like fucking walk people around all day in the hot desert yeah like if you stare at a camel long enough it's just like what and you're like nothing and then it'll spit at you (laughs) (laughs) yeah they spit a lot yeah i always wanted to go to egypt and uncover uh, a mummy and then start the apocalypse i think that'd be fun (laughs) that's a tour that's how i get my that's where i get my historical facts about egypt from the mummy 
There you, you know, go. In, in Abbott and Costello, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, because it was a port city, there were a lot of European sailors who came in. And from the port, there was a main street that ran like an artery straight into the heart of a neighborhood called Alaban. 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 Where it was pretty much considered kind of like the red light district. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but there was just like, if you wanted, you know, if you wanted hashish, you can find it there. If you want a brothel, you can find it there. If you want to gamble, you find it there, et cetera, et cetera. They have another thing there called kat. It's a, it's like a green leafy tree. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to chew on the leaves. Oh. And it's supposed to give you like enlightenment and give you like a, like a, like a, like a head high. Yeah. Ooh. I did it. It didn't really work. Wow. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, if you chew the cut. You need to take, chew a lot. It will take you to another place. <laughs> That's what the dude told me, and I was like, all right. Alaban <laughs> <laughs> also held a lot of British troops in camps because the a revolution was brewing at the time in Egypt. Mm. And, oh. yeah. Plus World War One, et cetera. So anyway, so now the sisters are back together. And they settle in Alaban, and they decided to open a brothel. And like, we're here. What's the best thing we could do? They're living right next to one of the British soldier encampments. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to open a brothel. And they did. And the brothel was called The Camp. And oh. the girls did well. They did really well because of, mostly because of the lusty soldiers. They always had money in their pockets during wartime. One of the girl, one of the sisters, I think Sakina even said that. She was like, as if it was war, then I always had money in my pocket. She also made extra cash by selling gold on the black market. She tried to open a cafe on the side, but that didn't work. And then she, at one point, hawked rotten horse meat on the black market <laughs> to unsuspecting home cooks. So like for housewives and stuff. So she, she did make some money off of that, but they, she also went to prison for a little bit for that too. Yeah. She oh, got no. discovered with the horse meat. Oh no. <laughs> I'd love to see that discovery. <laughs> yeah, Don't well, go in that door. <laughs> what I, I mean, I've, I know this is going to sound weird, but I've smelled horse meat before and it's bad. So how do you know if it's that actually bad? Like, how do you know what? if it's rotten horse meat? It probably smells worse, right? Oh, I can't imagine. You, like, smell. once you cook it and so I mean, I don't know. Because like, you know what your beef should look like. That's the thing. Yeah. If you know what your beef should look like and it doesn't look like that, then you're going to be suspicious. Where did you smell? Where did you smell horse meat? Uh, so I used to, my family used to go to uh, swap meets a lot when I was a yeah. kid. And there was a vendor that was selling um, like f- horse meat, like fried horse meat. I forgot what the, it was like either a taco or some kind of like dish, but it was horse meat. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it smelled awful. Was this, was this the swap meat? Like, which one was this? The one in Costa Mesa? No. On like or like the one on the is it the Catilla the Catilla High School lot? It might be. <laughs> it was like it was one that was outdoors, but there was like an indoor component. So you would go like outdoors, and then you could go indoors, and there were some stores as well. I oh. think it was like somewhere in Anaheim, but I honestly don't remember where because I was like eleven, twelve at the time. So remember, 
<laughs> horse meat. It, get your horse meat. Yeah. It was it gross. was really bad. It was like it smelled like horse poop, really. And, like, and like boiled feet. Ugh. Kind of ah, two things I don't care for. No. <laughs> yeah, Disgusting. Was, so that's what I was saying. Like I I mean, who knows? Maybe that's maybe he was selling, you know, spoiled horse meat and we just didn't know. But that it smelled awful. Ugh. I don't think I've ever smelled it. No. So, (laughs) that's gross. (laughs) Um, During the war, because it was also war, their husbands were off at war, right? So we don't know a lot about them, but we do know a couple of things. That they definitely preferred it when the husbands weren't home because Raya would say, like when she was arrested, Raya would later say things like, you know, like, whenever my husband came home, I didn't have any money because he would take it from me. Uh, so, oh yeah, she's married to the jerk. Yeah, they well, they both seem to be married to to jerks. I don't know what I right. No, Raya's the one that's marrying to the guy that just like he's he's known he, for thievery. He's yes, he's married. He's the thief and the hashi smuggler, the brother of her dead first dead husband. Right, and then mm. Sakina's on her third husband. <laughs> the camp, the brothel. Was really popular, uh, but it was technically a covert operation. But it didn't have to. Prostitution was regulated and legal in Egypt since oh. 1882. I don't think it is now, but I'm not sure on that. I don't think it is. Now. I'm just going to assume. Sure. <laughs> it's a safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but running a legal brothel was too much work. They decided because you had to have paperwork. Nobody wants that. Nope. You had to have weekly medical exams for your workers, which seems oh. fucking great. Like, honestly, yeah. American sex workers would love to have regulations like this, I think. But they've already got VD. Right. You still yeah. need so checkups. You, could, you, you still need checkups and to get rid of the VD. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it from their perspective where they're just like, ah, that's just too much work. Oh, from Ryan. Uh, yes, yeah, from their perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't understand. Oh, okay. Like, you're kind of a shitbag, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Like, you they're already ruined. That. Yeah. They're already yeah. ruined. You do realize that it doesn't just doesn't stop there. So, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you also had to openly admit, obviously, that you were running or a part of a brothel when you made it legal. So a lot of people didn't want to do that because it would stain the reputation, the reputation, and bourgeois society oh yeah hmm. they kept it all covert and the their sex workers were more like independent contractors they rented the rooms out to the sex workers and then the sex workers would pay them a portion of what their clients gave them these girls are pimps yeah they're pimps right? yeah yeah basically look at here <laughs> And because they were undercover, they were able to have sex workers who were considered, I guess, more like escorts, like higher class escorts than the the more common brothel, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Being a sex worker was really well paid at the time. The sex workers would normally invest their money in gold. So they would wear gold jewelry on their person, and that would symbolize how much they were worth 
pretty much as a sex worker. So the more gold bracelets and necklaces and all that that you had on, the better of a prostitute you were. And so it said that if you were John and you wanted to sleep with a girl, you wanted to sleep with a girl who had so many bracelets that she jangled. Wow. Well, then <laughs> Carol Channing must have been considered a high class prostitute. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Could you imagine Carol Channing going to Egypt and Jesus every Christ. man is just like, there's a prostitute. Ha! <laughs> 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 now there's a lady of the night that I want yeah, yeah. myself. Yeah. Hello, nice man. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what's up. There's a face that launched a thousand ships the other way. <laughs> yeah. Funny you say that. Because in world, uh, when World War I ended, all the troops started leaving Alexandria. Mm. Business started going downhill. And on top of that, their goddamn husbands returned. Ugh. And they decided to take over the business. Ugh. Oh, man. Because like Raya and Sakina haven't been doing it during a whole war that now they, these guys think they need to come back in and take over the business. It's Nothing like a man to ruin things. <laughs> I, just, I just started watching Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And that <laughs> Aunt Pop, the actress uh, recently passed away, but the, her character is so good. And literally, I've watched like four episodes, and every episode she just will randomly yell, "I took care of the business while you got what you boys were fighting in war. I think I know what I'm doing." It's, it's like, true. It's very true, and it's hilarious because it's like, yeah, no, it, stop fucking it up. Like, <laughs> Stay mad because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Is Peaky Blinders worth our time? Should we watch it? Uh, I would say yes, but I've been watching it at 1.5 speed on Netflix. Why? It's really been helping. <laughs> I know. I watched one episode and it was really slow. I think 1.5 would fucking really work. It's really been helping. It makes things so fast. And still, there's a lot of downtime. I will say that. Like, there's a lot, so still funny. a lot of like slow pauses and so i just go imagine how much of a pause this would be if we were at regular speed but you know <laughs> you know me i hate long pauses it just oh, drives me up a wall so i get it <laughs> but yeah i mean it's good the the woman who plays aunt polly is just amazing so i i watch it for her but mm. let's check it out it's really so funny. once the guys took over the police came along and eventually shut down the brothel. Shocker. Yeah. Then the sisters decided to team up with their landlord, Amina bin Mansour, who ran the hashish cafe downstairs. Hmm. So what they, what they would do then is that they would try, they ran the brothel on the second floor. So while the customers entered the hashish cafe downstairs, the girls and their workers would try to tempt them to come upstairs. So then the cops eventually shut this down, too. So then the girls decided to move the business to their own homes. Mm. I guess this whole time they had a brothel, but they lived apart from the brothel, which is super smart. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. So because the war was over and money was getting tighter around Alexandria and people were spending less money on sex workers, the girls started needing to buy jewelry for their sex workers so that the girls looked more appealing than or and had more you know more successful than they really were 
Okay. Oh, see, that's where the problems lie. You know, yeah. you have people who aren't honest about their abilities as a sex worker. <laughs> but at this, this also meant that the sex workers were in debt to Ryan Takina. Oh. They were paying off their own jewelry. So Ryan Zakina began treating them less like contractors and more like servants. They made them do manual labor along with their sex work. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh my God. It's not that day. It's clean up the floor in here. <laughs> and then sometimes the sisters and their landlord, I don't know why she's still involved if they had to move it to their homes, but <laughs> she's still involved. They would sometimes sell the other girls the girls to other brothels oh, without that's their permission. Right. Yeah, without their yes. permission. So the girls would be torn away from their families. Oh, no. And anything oh. they knew. So, yeah. See, I, I thought that this was going to be like honest sex work, but it's, it's not. It started that way. It started Just that. honest sex work. Yeah. Yes. I was hoping for a wholesome story. I'm sorry. <laughs> to disappoint. I thought this was going to be a Pixar jam. <laughs> about the li- about on the podcast about women in true crime. Yeah, no. I love how <laughs> I'm one of the co-creators and almost every episode I get shocked when things turn dark. Well, I'm happy you do. It means that I'm telling a, a I'm doing a good job of the first part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, "Wait, this isn't just a story about two women, two sisters who started their own sex work company?" Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so along with the with Ryan Sakina becoming terrible pimps, they also started turning to help to the Fatiwa. And the Fatiwa were basically am I saying it wrong? No, yeah, you are. No, I mean you're saying it right. And the Fatiwa were basically cholos. They were gangs they were gangs in the neighborhoods who supposedly were there to like protect their neighborhood but in reality all they did was steal from the more vulnerable people in the neighborhoods and take advantage of them oh yeah yeah mm. ryan Takina used them to guard their clients and keep their neighbors quiet so to make sure that no one called the police on the brothel yeah yeah the 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 fatua were known to rape the girls Oh, and they, no. Yeah. And they weren't afraid to hurt Raya either if she, like, tried to speak out too much against what they were doing. Bad people to be in business with. Yeah. So Raya and Sakina were pretty unhappy because once they dumped, they had their own business and they were thriving, but now their whole world post-war was dominated by males. Mm. Then everything changed again once the mm. revolution of 1919 struck. Laborers from street cleaners to postal workers went on strike. So everybody was poor and the entire country's economy was frozen. Oh, no. Yeah. And this is when things started getting a little hairy for the girls in Ryan Sakina's lives. Come back to the details, but we'll skip forward right now towards, towards the end of it. Towards the end of 1920... The police started receiving complaints from the neighbors around Ryan and Sakina that there was a terrible smell coming from the house. Oh, God. Oh, no. Day and night, Ryan and Sakina, you could see smoke, incense smoke coming from the house of, from their house. And Raya would say that it was just to cover up the smell of cigars, 
and alcohol and all that stuff because of her clients. Yeah, and neighbor- unwashed vagina and penis. <laughs> that fucking Nag Champa covers up so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Body pit parts. Mm-mm. But the name, like the name, the neighbors didn't believe her, and the smell grew worse. And finally, the police show up, and they too smell the heavy rotten odor, which is not horse meat this time. Then, seemingly at first unrelated, on a house in nearby Macoris Street, their pipe system started clogging up. So the family asked their nephew Ahmed to start construction but Ahmed is like mostly blind and I guess he doesn't have glasses so he starts the construction it's sad maybe they don't I mean this is that this is my biggest fear is being transported to a time where contacts don't exist contact lenses <laughs> contact lenses I've been oh, doing okay. my due diligence to make sure that every single person I know who is close to time travel is for <laughs> So don't worry, baby. It's going to be okay. Thank you. No problem. Oh, I, guys, I'm really sorry. I went back in time and killed the man who invented contact lenses. No! I thought he was Hitler. I, I can't he was see Hitler. peripherally with glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting till now to say something. So Ahmed's terrible. Ahmed had terrible vision, but he seems like a sweet guy. He said, yes, I'll start. I'll fix this, the sewage system. So he gets down there. He's trying to fix his family's sewage system. And his shovel, he starts to dig, and his shovel hits something hard. My shovel hit something really hard in the ground. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm making him Stevie Wonder for some reason. <laughs> I was like, what? Who's mm. char- what character is this? <laughs> <laughs> so and he smelled something and he kind of saw something in the dirt that was kind of sticking out so he couldn't see what he was so he just reached for it grabbed it and up came a rotted arm oh <laughs> Oof. and he was you said he was kind of blind right so he probably was like what's this i find uh Ooh, it smells a little. Uh, uh, let me lick it. Okay. Excuse me, he's such a handy guy. Yeah. Get it? It's so mean. Like I feel like they just sent Ahmed down there to do it because they were like, "I don't want to do it." I'm not just sent Ahmed. Yeah, send yes. Ahmed. Yeah, he'll yeah. do anything. <laughs> he feels bad because he can't see. Ahmed, it's get like off the piano. I- get in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when i was a uh my all my friends would always be like Lori, we value you so m-, when I, in high school they were like we value so much that we we want you to drive us around because you're the only one with a car and i was like i feel like the last part's true oh my god i don't feel like the first part is as true as you think not a, yeah no. <laughs> the same thing whenever you have a truck yep yeah or van oh yeah so the family of Ahmed had a room upstairs that they normally rented out to a tenant, right? And the last person to stay there was Sakina, which they told oh. the police after they, you know, discovered that it was a body down there. Ooh. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, investigators were at Raya's home where they were, invest- where they were you know, looking for the source of the rotting smell, which they finally found buried under Raya's floorboards where there were multiple corpses. 
So the police hauled off Raya and Sakina for questioning. But Raya and Sakina weren't scared because this wasn't the first time that they had been hauled in for questioning. And they always got out. See, over the last year, numerous cases of missing women were reportedly last seen with the girls. But every time they brought the girls in, they had an alibi, I guess, or some sort of charm. They went straight home. But now that the police had pulled them in and had immediately told Raya, the older sister, that they found the fucking corpses in the floorboards, she immediately broke down and admitted to a bunch of murders. Why did she crack this time? Because they found them in her floorboards. I mean, what can she say? They didn't go in her house before, right? Like, they didn't look inside before. They were here when I moved in. <laughs> it's always been this bad. Lori, can you say something? Hello, hello. Oh, yeah, Hi. you're back. Something oh. tried to connect to us. Oh. Get out of here. Yeah, Broadcom. You, you ring spied on. Yeah, Broadcom. Next door is just like, what? What are you guys talking about? Did you just say something about murderous whores? Listen to bloody <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> please, please give us a nice review. Yeah. No, I was I was just saying, uh, I, yeah, there's so many ways you could lie. You could say, I've been gone for a while, or the, those, you know, the landlord did it, or those aren't my floorboards, or, yeah. you know, like something, anything. It's funny that you say that the landlord did it, did it because they also found corpses in the landlady's house. Ooh, you see? She was in here. She came in here. So no mention of the landlady, but all in all, 17 corpses were linked to Raya and Sakina. That's a lot of ladies. That's only what was linked, too. You know, you never know if it was Damn. more. Newspapers even published photos of the bodies, which is a little crass. Like, mm. Don't publish photos of the dead bodies. Don't touch touch. It's the night. It's the eighteen nineteen. It's the nineteen twenty. It's the nineteen twenties. The roaring twenties in Egypt. <laughs> dead toots. So as so she, Ryan Sakina are hauled off. Their husbands are hauled off, and a couple of members of the Fitiwa are hauled off to jail oh. to await trial. Right while they do their investigation. And during the investigation. Uh, they find out a couple of things. So two years earlier, one of the girls who worked for the sisters showed up wearing a new set of gold bracelets. But Raya was suspicious of her because she... So this was still during the time where they... I think they were starting to lose money because it was two years earlier. Raya was suspicious of her because she thought that she had too much gold compared to what the cut that she was giving Raya. So she thought that she was holding out on her. Huh. Yeah. A month later, the girl was dead. Oh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was said, as they started talking to people, there's there like all these things that came out about them. Ryan Sakina would normally hang out by the marketplaces looking for women who had costly jewelry on and then lured them back to the apartment. And it came, like, basically their method was they would lure these women back to the apartment. They would drug them up with wine that was laced with something. And then they would suffocate them. Either by, normally it seems like the, what would happen is that either the Fatiwa or one of the husbands 
would stuff something down their throat so they would become suffocated or they would become strangled to death. Horse meat. <laughs> it comes full circle. But it wasn't just uh, strangers that the girls killed. It wasn't just girls from the marketplace that somehow they convinced to be like, come over, have some wine, hang out with my four guy friends and my weird sister. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a bad high school situation if oh I ever my heard one. God, that sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> but a lot, a lot of them knew Raya, and Raya would often kill people just for getting mad at them. Like she would just get mad at them. And get suspicious of them in some way and she would kill them. Like one lady whose name was Zanuba. She was a chicken saleswoman. And she was supposedly a friend of the sisters. One day she stopped by Raya's house to collect a debt that Raya owed her. And she was killed that same day. Hey girl, you got that money for them wings? Yeah, sure. Come in. Have some wine. Hi, right, cool. This place is nice. Mm. Except they're staying on the floor. Mm. Drink this. Okay. Ah! <laughs> she shouldn't have mentioned the stain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't forget about the stain. <laughs> As she's dying. <laughs> all the victims that were found were said to be were all the victims that were found, the pathologists determined that they were A, all female, B, between twenty and fifty years old, and C had all died of asphyxiation. There was no cutting or beating or bludgeoning. So this was their method every single time. They would imply, they would invite them over, and then somebody who heard the Sanuba murder, the girl, the the chicken saleswoman, the neighbor was like, "Yeah, I heard them laughing for hours." And then, like in the around dawn, I heard a terrible scream. Same neighbor said that she heard this more than once with other people. So basically, the court determined that it was always the same thing where they would have somebody over. They would party with them and like all these guys are around too. And eventually the wine would drug them enough so that they would become like unable to defend themselves, which is when they stuck a wet cloth down their throat and then asphyxiated them to death and stole all their gold and then buried their body somewhere in the property. No class. Yeah. Not at all. A shocked and horrified nation zeroed in on Raya and Sakina, even though the men were there too. They didn't really care much about them. They were more worried about how Raya and Sakina were women who had killed. They were thought, especially now that it was the, uh, like right after the revolution, they were thought to be a glaring trail of what was wrong with women in society and society today. You know, at first they were like, like when the police showed up, they were like, where were the police in the first place? Because they lived in the neighborhood where they could get away with this, right? Mm-hmm. Because nobody was paying attention to these girls. And it's kind of the same problems we have. It's the same problems we have today. You know, they live in a poor neighborhood and these women start disappearing. The police don't care. They kind of question people. And then they finally there's outrage when they realize that there's been a killer in the midst all along that could have been caught a lot earlier. Like the Grim Sleeper. Yeah. 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 Or the man with the candy that book yeah 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 carl yeah yeah he's he's terrifying but yeah the grim sleeper was one um the uh uh the serial killer based in seattle he Mm -hmm. um he killed prostitutes and that usually you know that's low income low income women 
who um you know are just trying to survive yeah oh, man that sucks yeah it's just sort of like you know they always seem to care like right after everything's been found out <laughs> it's always like this man's a monster okay well where were you you know four years ago when he was killing <laughs> yeah exactly if i knew yeah, what if you knew? So the papers really <laughs> just hammed it up. They published their mugshots, which was the f- possibly the first time the Egyptian press had ever published any but any photos of any criminal. And then it wasn't long before the entire country knew who these murderous sisters were. There's also something I feel like, look, we do a podcast all about terrible women. So I, of course, believe that women are terrible and can be just, you know, are just as evil as men, sometimes in different ways, sometimes in the exact same ways. But there is a level of sexism that goes on when you have women who committed a crime where men just sort of feel completely free to just say every mean, awful thing about that woman but you're sort of like, I feel like you're using the fact that this woman is a murderer to say those, those awful things. Especially in Arabian culture. Yes. I mean, yeah. Women were just, I, I'm not even sure if this is true, but I, I, my, my, like, I, I, I grew up, I was, I was there until I was like two. I was in Saudi Arabia until I was like two. And my mom wasn't allowed to drive, Ooh. among many other things. Mm-hmm. So she was like, well, fuck this. I'm leaving yes you know yeah and i don't think that they gave women the right which is insane to say they did the, the, i don't want to say right because that's not right uh, the ability to drive lawfully until just recently which is the right i think yeah it's just it's yeah. just it's insane it's just insane it's such an insanely uh, masculine yeah unnecessarily masculine culture yeah so and that was the big deal back then, because by 1920, women were starting to patronize traditionally male spaces, like markets, bars, and coffee houses. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine not being able to go to a coffee house? And yeah. So and then Ryan and Sakina come along. So it's it became they became kind of like the focal point of this whole like women shouldn't have these rights because look what happens. Yeah. What yeah. so like the publisher like editors would publish stuff like what is the force that compelled these women to enter these whorehouses and bring about their own destruction at the hands of the murders ran ran one editorial. The answer is easily comprehensible. It is the loss of decency on the part of men and of women. <laughs> another wow. another Nate paper said Raya found those with weak souls. You gotta have a good pair of shoes. I got it. I got it. Oh, that's fun. The women were labeled as having blackened the forehead of the 20th century. Because, you know, there wasn't like two wars and bunch of abuse rights to show. Black in the forehead, is that like a bad thing? If you have a black forehead? I don't really know. Oh, okay. I think it's maybe a turn of phrase that is not used anymore. That's why we don't know it. Well, you really have black in the forehead on this one. Can't it, it, Yeah, we can't really use it now. It doesn't sound like it's going to No, it's do like what, any Ash good. Wednesday? What are you talking about? Yeah, right? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Me too. I was, like, I was like, wait, so is Ash Wednesday like 
a real shit show. Is that what they're trying to say? You really Ash Wednesday this one. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> what is it? Ash Wednesday in here already? You're late to work again. Oh. Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. That's what yeah. we call him. <laughs> Another piece of publication had written that the greed and pursuit of pleasure were uniquely female traits that had grown out of control in the absence of male supervision. Male supervision. Wow. So greed and pursuit of pleasure are also solely female traits, apparently, to whoever this guy Well, that's one of those things that, like, when I was going to school for uh, English literature, like, one of the funniest things is, like, men would project so much onto women where they would be like, women are, like, sex fiends. Like, women want to have so much sex. (laughs) That was always why, like, a virginal woman was the desired, because once a woman has sex, then she just can't stop herself. She just wants more sex. So it's the man's job to stop her from essentially like fucking yourself to death. Okay. And so, so yeah. So it was just like, okay, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some heavy projection. Yeah. All right, friend. That's what, uh, that's what's happening. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so many stories. That's what cuckold became like a big thing because, you know, men would marry these women and have sex with them. And then they would go like, well, I'm going to have sex with now everybody that I see. And then they'd be, they'd grow horns and they'd be cuckled. What? It was just, My yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> we need to do a goddess tale episode about that. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then when they were in court, the court was shocked because Raya and Sakina, Raya cursed all the time and Sakina had no problem talking about her sex life and giving you some graphic descriptions about it. Or at least what the court considered graphic, which I'm sure was like, we kissed and we fucked. Uh, uh, I can't believe she said those two things. No, no. <laughs> See, this is where a Minnesota accent really comes in handy. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, All geez. right. Oh. I got to put a stop to this. This is getting out of hand. Okay. <laughs> she, she, uh, she used the K word. That's not going to fly. All right. Here. You know, there are oh. women and children present who uh, are not horse. So let's keep it quiet. (laughs) Even papers in Arkansas and Wisconsin published stories about the girls. And they, of course, very American. They were like, they published lies about like how, how the Ryan Tequila managed to grab some women from Arkansas and Wisconsin and lure them into their trap. It's like, how did they do that? From the market, from the black marketplace that the the Wisconsin woman was buying some fucking cheese in. The like, hand what? of evil is a long one. Did you hear, <laughs> did you hear about Stacey Ann? No, what happened? She was she was swept up by that Egypt whorehouse, and she Ooh. went and got herself into a went into an Egypt whorehouse. That's Ooh. right, the, the Rachel girl. Yeah, that's a pickle. Yeah. The oh. Rachel and the Sabrina girl. That's yeah. who they were. <laughs> the Rachel and Sabrina. That's what they changed their name to. They changed their name to Jezebel names, like oh, Rachel yeah. and Sabrina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the paper, I think this paper might still be in circulation. It's an old one. The paper Al Rashid published an illustration of Raya as a beast with claws towering over a trembling girl and saying, There is no escape for you from my talons. 
Another one, another paper said, Raya, you are not a human. You are a beast in the desert, a fox that embraces deception, a treacherous wolf. So just like they were really going all out on the way. And yes, they are, they are murderers. They are monsters. But let's remember that they started in the world of desperation. You know, they yes. never got, they never knew any else. I don't know. I'm not trying to defend them. But I'm kind of trying to defend in them. In this world, yeah. <laughs> you are not a human. Yeah. You are a seven foot tall monster covered in oh. hair who speaks gutturally like a bear and a lion mixed together. <laughs> you are a Wookiee. I think it's it's <laughs> oh, okay. You went Star Trek. You went Star Wars. You went Star Wars again. Oh, he always oh, does. Sorry. Oh no. Sorry. I, I I think it's good to. I look. I I agree. I think. Well, I think our podcast is a human service because I think it it helps to figure out the cause and effect of what these women went through and what decisions they made. Do I think every woman who's put was in this situation did this no but it's easy to see how one bad decision led to another led to another so then you can you know if you are uh currently in egypt and your mother's a narcissist and you're in involved in some illegal hooking then yeah maybe you know learn from this and don't make the same mistakes Mm -hmm. yeah so at the time No woman had ever been given a death sentence in Egypt. Mm. But the prosecutor, Suleiman Bek Ezat, like wanted the death death sentence for them. Let me say that again. But the prosecutor, Suleiman Bek Ezat, was willing to fight for the death sentence on this one. So he argued the following. This is a direct quote from Lady Killers. Firstly, Women's crimes generally demand an element of mercy and compassion, such as crimes. Well, I mean, this is still the popular belief. He's just wording it differently. But if you like the next point will be like, it'll basically it justifies our whole podcast. (laughs) Okay. Such as crimes in which women are driven to kill their husbands, second, their husbands or their husband's second wives, or in which they poison someone who has brought them harm. Secondly, the death penalty, well, that's the, that's the first point, so I'll stop right there. So basically, he's saying that normally women do crimes out of passion, you know, and they only... <laughs> they're, they're forced to kill their husbands or their husbands' second wives. <laughs> yes. It's normally, he says, normally out of a, like, a sympathetic or, like, emotional thing or self-defense that's what he's saying Mm -hmm. yeah i killed my husband's second wife because she wouldn't stop fucking my husband (laughs) (laughs) secondly he says the death penalty used to be executed publicly but now it wasn't at the Mm -hmm. time you know at the time what a damn shame yeah even though it might have been like, I don't know, stomach churning to like see two women hang, he was arguing that like now the public executions weren't public, so hanging Raya and Zakina shouldn't be a problem. And they didn't commit their crimes out of any kind of self defense or any kind of, you know, passion that was sympathetic. It was merely to murder and to steal. Yana, what I'm proposing here 
<laughs> yeah, we was to hang these two ladies <laughs> in secret. I'm just a noble farmer. I'm just a noble Egyptian farmer. It also says in the book that during Sakina's testimony, she was given a meal. And I was like, she got to eat while she was giving her testimony? That's the best way. Like, that's... Can you imagine being up in, like, the box and having some chicken with you and soda? Yeah. You'd be like, I'm part of, like, Clockwork Garden. He was like... Yep. <laughs> Just, like, talking and chewing at the same time. Yeah, I killed him. Yeah, what happened? I just walked in the wrong door. <laughs> that seems like a dream, but I also I also always thought that eating while doing stand-up comedy would be fun. You know, just get up there and eat a meal while while stand-up comedy. And I got it, it did not go as well as I thought it would. And so I feel like for them, people would be like, Is this is she really eating while she's talking about murder? Death penalty. Like <laughs> Yeah. It didn't that's go the true. way she wanted. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, um, the reason that the author included it is because she, the people speculated that she was being starved. Raya and Sakina were being starved in the jail to like spur confession. And that's why she was able to eat this meal put in front of her during her testimony. Mm. Oh, and the okay. Fatiwa, the two gangster guys out outright said, we're being, ver we're being abused and starved in jail. So, but like nobody cared, I guess, you know. <laughs> the <laughs> hey guys, we're being abused, okay? Like, <laughs> does somebody like care about us? Yeah, can I somebody care? like protect us? Maybe the hard time. <laughs> we, just, we just wanted to kill some bitches. Why are you guys being all dicks about us? <laughs> That's my accent for them. That's it's pretty good. The defense had little to go on because they they were like, well, I mean, you guys did it. <laughs> so they kind of just kept shifting the blame around. Like the defense for Sakina and Raya would be like, their husbands did it. and Or like the Fatiwa did it. And then the Fatiwa people would be like, their husbands did it. And then the husband's defense would be like, the girls did it. So it just kept going round and round. Oh, that's fun. So, <laughs> so ultimately, though, the judge found them all guilty, and... Can I pass the blame, judge? I'm going to allow it, but watch yourself, Raya. <laughs> I just love the idea of the... I'm just a simple Egyptian farmer. <laughs> so the judges ultimately decided that Raya and Sakina were accomplices, not perpetrators. Which if yeah. I, I can imagine Raya and Sakina were like, fuck that. Oh, sure. Kill yeah. those bitches. These ladies are fucking tough. But it didn't matter because they still got handed a life sentence. So did the men, and the husbands and the Fatiwa. So that's six hand, uh, death sentences handed down. God damn. Yeah. Wow. Um, I wonder if it's hanging or beheadings, because I know beheadings was a big thing in Arabian culture for a long time. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe. Let's mm. see. There's a story in here that says that on the day that she was brought, uh, that Sakina was brought out of her cell on December 21st, 1921, the guard looked at her and said, toughen up, be strong. 
And then when Sakina heard this, she said, I am a strong woman. If I can take on a hundred, I can take on a thousand. And the, mm. yeah. So she got, cool. really, she got really pissed. And then she started just like, it was like, she just started talking. I guess like the guard pissed her off because she just kept talking after this. She cried, I murdered when her death sentence was read aloud. I murdered, but it's okay because I fooled the government of Alaban and I fooled the police. And then as she was handed off to the executioner, she said, this is the place where strong people stand. I'm a strong woman and I've done things that even men can't do. Those words were published in the newspapers. And then in death, Sakina became an anti-establishment hero instead of a murderer. Huh. Yeah. At least, you know, someone. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The paper Al-Aram lauded her after her death as one of the craziest and most courageous people to stand at the scaffold. Wow. So yeah, it was a hanging. Yeah. It was a hanging. And then it doesn't say much more about like Raya, if Raya said anything at her hanging, mostly Sakina. But yeah, that is the story of Raya and Sakina. There's a few things in like popular media. I was going to say social media, (laughs) popular media that like their story was so big that six months after their death, there was a, a play by Jay, like debuted by a troupe of actors wow. about Ryan wow. Sakina. And the core theme of it was the rage of women. Pretty cool. Wow. There was a 2005 TV show. Really? There was a 1953 film named Ryan Sakina. But that one portrays the battle as between evil sisters and the heroic police. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, the names Ryan Sakina uh were not used for a long time in most of Egypt because they were associated with bad women. Mm. Wow. Yeah. When was your cousin born? Oh, like uh fuck, I wanna say like nineteen eighty in nineteen eighty two, eighty three. Oh, okay. Yeah, something. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Can't believe your cousin killed all those people. Yeah. I can't believe she's a prostitute and I gotta call my uncle. Mm. Sorry, Sakina. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uncle on me and she's great. It's, everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Mahalo. As we say here in Waikiki. Yes. We say a lot of stuff here. <laughs> no. In Waikiki, and that's definitely one of them. <laughs> Watch out for sharks. We're gonna go uh, frolic on the ocean. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You can frolic on the ocean. Well, okay. <laughs> Have fun. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Cash. Have yeah. fun in Hawaii. Thank you. Have we'll fun with you your guys. parents. Yeah. Hi, guys. Bye. Bye.